time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Happy Friday, St. Louis. It's the dynamic duo. We uh, spent last night together at the Missouri Athletic Club. Lovely evening. Yeah, we were with former Senators uh, Roy Blunt and Senator uh, Claire McCaskill. Yes. Uh, we had a nice little discussion there that you and I moderated. It. Is it related to their time in the Senate dinner and what they good. see going on with the world? No doubt, man. The dinner was good. You know, it's not often you go to a chicken dinner or a rubber chicken dinner yeah. and the food was fabulous. It that was that very MAC good. had it together. I uh, cleaned up my plate. Buddy, it was a it was a lovely evening. Uh, the two senators were fabulous. It seems as though they're enjoying their very, retirement. Very candid. Very candid. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful until. So then the, the night ends. We both go out to the. We the, walk out to the parking. The garage. parking garage. We give each other the old fist pound and say, "Buddy, I'll see you in the morning." Yep. So <clears throat> I am almost to my house. I live there in the central west end. So I've left downtown. I'm zooming on the highway. I get a call from Hancock uh, James. He says to me, "He goes, uh, I'm still locked in this parking garage." It was horrible. I, I said, "Can't was... you follow the signs that say exit?" This is like I ten did. minutes after I'm almost home. All right, so. Here's what happened. We walk out together. We go in the, you know, little entranceway there. I remember I came in and I turned left uh-huh. and parked in a spot and there was no cars around. I thought, this is great. And I parked and I walked into the building. Well, so we came back out and I go down and I go to the left. There's no car there. Huh. Uh, there are a bunch of other cars there, but not mine. Not the one that you So drove. I'm thinking, hmm. They moved it. That's about well, how did this happen? So I start walking around, you know. Or maybe I down. go down and a dead end. Yeah. No car. Can't find it. I know I went down, so then it hit me after about five, six minutes. Wait a minute. I'm on the other side. I came in a different entrance. Mm-hmm. So I walked back out the entrance, went back over, came down, walked down, made a left. Boom, there's my car. Hey now. Lovely. And there's no car around it. I get in. There's the exit sign. And I turn, I get on the exit there, and I'm going to exit. And it leads me to a to one of those doors, you know, the little... A little uh, garage door almost? Yeah, a little uh-huh. one of those chain, you yeah. know, fancy door things. Can't get through it. Well, it's got a big uh, yellow cone in front of it. You can't get out. I'm uh-huh. thinking, well, this is no good. Right. So I retrace my steps going the wrong way now because there's no yeah. other place to go. And now, I'm at home with there's, my There's another off. exit sign. Another one of these stupid fences mm. with a stupid cone. I can't yeah. get out of the damn dang thing. Ugh. And uh, finally... After what must have been 10 or 12 minutes, Michael. Oh, it was a good 10 minutes. I emerged from the garage, and there I was. Out back among humanity, I get on on Washington Avenue there to get on Broadway, to get on the highway, encountering uh, scary-looking people that were walking, wandering the streets, uh, asking for things, and uh, it was very scary. Well, what I appreciate about you is that there's just, I mean, you... Are willing to come and talk about this well, it's very because easy most to get of lost. us would be embarrassed no, to get no. lost in a three-story parking garage, <laughs> well, which is how many stories that parking garage was. Yeah, you know, but if you if you don't plan ahead, and, that's and, why it's always important to remember where you park, folks. Uh-huh. I'm doing this as a public service for all of you. That's what it's all about. Uh, because you know, there's nothing. There's not a worse feeling than being trapped for eternity in a parking garage. I mean, think about that. It would be horrible. Well, if and it almost happened to me. If you're and in if a parking garage, it can happen garage, to me. It can happen, it can happen to, to anybody, Mike. We go where you go. 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX.com. And welcome back to the Hancock and Kelly Show. Every Friday at this time, we do our political segment. And, John, usually we start with 
national politics, but let's work from St. Louis out, let's shall we? Let's do that, yes. So earlier this week, we found out that Cori Bush is under federal investigation by the Department of Justice. She Shocked. acknowledged Absolutely that she shocked. is um, cooperating fully with the Department of mm. Justice. The sergeant-in-arms at the House of Representatives in uh, Washington, D.C. had also been notified. Uh, the investigation appears to be around money that was spent for her security services. Hundreds uh, and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, part of those security services are provided by a man that she went on to marry, who's now her husband, hmm. who provides her those security services. Uh, and so uh, Corey Bush finds herself in the middle of uh, a Department of Justice investigation. Never a good place to be when you're a sitting United States congressman or United States senator. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think Georgiana ought to pay me. Uh, <laughs> I provide valuable protection for her. True that. Uh, you can get her out of a parking garage the house in is half a, hour. The house has to. never been burglarized. Yeah. And she's never had any harm come to her as long as I'm at her side. Uh, I think that makes perfect sense. I, I've earned I've earned that money. That's money that I've earned, Michael. Right. Well, the 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 reality here, though, is is this is at a time when Cori Bush is getting ready to run for reelect. She's fi- uh, going to be facing off in the Democratic primary with a popular St. Louis County prosecutor, Wesley Bell. One of the main divisions that was going to be discussed in this campaign was the support for Israel or Hamas. Uh, of course, Corey Bush out there, kind of on an island with some of the members of the squad, and uh, one of two people this week. Uh, there was a resolution that would prohibit anyone that participated in the terrorist attacks on October the seventh from coming to the United States. It got every vote of every member of Congress except for two: Ilhan Omar and Corey Bush. That's how out there. She is. Yeah, Go she ahead. she's uh she's definitely got uh, her well thought out positions for herself, and whether or not will cause her political troubles seems to be the question. Uh, that was going to be one of the main topics. Plus, this whole progressive fight. This is all happening uh, amidst the backdrop of Cory Bush, one of the strong proponents of really we we, we should put less money into policing, defund yeah. policing. At the same time, she's spending money on security. Uh, do you believe that Wesley Bell has a chance in this well, race? Sure and what's chance. it take for uh, a sitting United States congressman to find themselves uh, bounced as a result of a Department of Justice so, investigation? A, I do think he has a chance. B, I don't think at the end of the day. I mean, look where we are in our political culture right now. The fact that she's under, she may even be indicted by the time the primary election. Who knows? I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you you look. My side's about to, you know, embrace and advance a guy that's got ninety-one felony criminal charges against him. Talking about Donald Trump, and for millions and millions of people in the Republican Party, they don't care. They think it's a witch hunt. They think they're going after him. They think it's all trumped up. It's politicized. It's weaponized. That's a new word of uh, that you hear from time to time now. I think this exact same thing will exist as it relates to Cori Bush. I don't think most of her voters are going to care. That's not the only congressional primary you're going to want to keep an eye on as we get to August. Uh, We also are going to have Blaine Luchtemeyer's seat, which he's vacated, retiring. Yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, one of the staunch uh, pro-life advocates in the Missouri um, legislature, will... Uh, has announced that she's running. I think she's raised close to a half million dollars. Well, guess what? 
St. Charles County lawmaker Bob Onder hopped into the race as well. You may remember Bob Onder. He was the state senator who kind of was the uh, one of the impetuses behind the Freedom Caucus down in Jefferson City. It looks like we're about to have a right-wing uh, food fight to see who can represent us in Congress here. Well, and I think that uh, there's no chance whatsoever that this is going to be a two-way primary. Um, uh, these congressional seats come up so seldomly. And, you know, because we have term limits in the legislature, those folks that want to run for something, I mean, they're going to be chomping at the bit to get in. I expect this will probably be a five or six or seven way primary before it's all said and done. And I, you know, Bob Onder, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, I think both would have a, a real shot to win the the primary. And then you win the primary, you're the Congress. Well, and let's speak to that, right? Here's two congressional seats that are in play in the state of Missouri. And guess what? They're going to take place in the primary. And you and I, John, we've been leading this crusade for a long time. So many people don't participate in yep. primaries. They think it comes down to the Democrat and Republican fight. Two seats potentially could flip in Missouri, and not one of them will be determined in November. It's going to be a primary race that decides who the person is. Yeah, I mean, it's north of 70% of the folks that hold elective office in this country effectively win their position in a primary election uh, because general elections just, you know, by and large don't matter anymore. The Freedom Caucus down in Jefferson City, that'd be the splinter group that's uh, come out of the Republican Party. They consider themselves to be a bit more conservative than the regular Republicans. Continue to do with the, some of their antics, John. They held up the legislative process for the last several weeks, but all of a sudden, their main focus has been on initiative petition reform, and many people, particularly on my side of the aisle, heck, I think you may even have felt this way, uh, believe that the, this is the best way that uh, the public has access to the ballot. The Freedom Caucus doesn't like it because they particularly don't like the idea that the abortion language could be rolled back. Um, for a while, they looked like they were just going to be obstructionists, but now it appears as though the Republican leadership may be acquiescing and uh, this stuff's actually going to get see the light of day. I think there's a really good chance that you do have initiative petition reform. And look, principally, I understand the argument. It's, uh, you know, passing a law is one thing. Uh, and if you can, you can do that through initiative petition and pass a, a statute. But to amend the state constitution, the the principle being advocated by the Freedom Caucus is: shouldn't there be a higher standard to alter the state constitution? Because the legislature can't, by its own action, change the constitution. The voters ultimately have to decide that. And if you're going to amend the U.S. Constitution, there is a, a myriad of things you've got to get. Two-thirds of the vote of the House, two-thirds of the vote of the U.S. Senate, and then three-fourths of the state have to ratify it. That's a very high standard to amend the U.S. Constitution. I kind of agree that there ought to be a slightly higher standard to amend the state constitution, and that's what they're trying to do. If you're a member of a union or organized labor, boy, there is no better time to be in a union. Uh, we've seen record wage increases as we've seen uh, a lot of these contract fights taking place. In fact, there's one about to happen between Anheuser-Busch and the Teamsters. Not only do you have that happening at the bargaining process, but from a political perspective, John, we're seeing both parties wanting to court organized labor and working people. Earlier this week, Joe Biden went to the United Auto Workers after their big win. They endorsed him, embraced him. Uh, they have significant popularity throughout the country right now. Joe Biden gladly accepting that. 
And guess who was over visiting with the Teamsters? Former Donald, President Donald, Donald Trump, Trump yeah. who's also courting uh, Labor's vote. Will be interesting to see how that shakes out. What does this really come down to? Is this the uh, we keep talking about realignment of mm-hmm. political parties? Is this the battle for the working white worker out there, white uh, middle class uh, worker out there? Yeah, I mean, you know, you go back not too many years, and organized labor uh, was not a universal vote for the Democrat, but overwhelmingly supported Democratic candidates, and overwhelmingly the membership voted that way. And certainly all the money that labor has put into politics has been disproportionate on the on the Democratic side. Well, now you've seen, particularly with the, in the era of Donald Trump, where more and more of those rank-and-file workers uh, have responded to the kind of messaging that Donald Trump has brought. He's done very well with those kinds of workers. And, uh, you know, one of the things we discussed last night with Roy Blunt and Claire McCaskill is that if you look at the Republican electorate, uh, 20 years ago, 60% of it was college-educated suburban voters. That's no longer the case. And a lot of the reason for that shift has been with organized labor. Yeah, I don't see the uh, former President Trump being successful uh, in his efforts to secure the support of the Teamsters. But I think it is significant that you have a Republican candidate showing up at their international, talking to them, courting them. Uh, Donald Trump's got too many issues as it relates to paying his bills that so many of uh, union contractors are waiting on that I just don't see that uh, shaking out. But it's something to keep an eye on as we are starting to see these political parties shift and move. And, John, uh, the other thing to keep your eye on is Washington, D.C. and the southern border. Uh, We continue to potentially have a deal that's been struck that's bipartisan. Donald Trump's weighed in and said absolutely not. The chaos at the border should continue. It probably makes sense for him politically, whether or not it's smart strategy for the country. Who knows? You couple that with the fact that the Republican governors are all now down supporting Governor Abbott and his efforts uh, to essentially secure the border and doing what they say the federal government's not doing when their own presidential campaign saying presidential candidate is saying we ought not secure it right now. Thoughts? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all crazy story. It's right? all tied up in in electoral politics and so forth, and you know, it's not going to get resolved. It, it, even if it passes the Senate, which I have my doubts, it, it may. And we're going to visit with Scott McFarlane uh, next hour uh, with CBS News, but I just don't see any way it gets through the House. So it's almost kind of a moot point. The bigger issue for me, is, well, or as big of an issue for me is that this thing has gotten married into support of Ukraine. And, you know, if, if, if we turn our backs on Ukraine, I think we will have made a massive error in our national security judgment. Just my opinion, Michael. Well, he's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We're going to be staying with you all the way till 10 o'clock. Then guess who's going to come in with us? Amy and Chris will come in. We'll all joke around with each other. We'll stick around with them till 11 o'clock. Then we'll scamper out of here. Don't forget, you can see Hancock and Kelly, the television show, on Sunday mornings at 8.30 on Fox 2. John, what do we got coming up next hour? Scott McFarland's going to be with us, and you made an observation flying over St. Louis, as you often do. The news is next on KMOX. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. 
So Groundhog Day means so much now. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be about the weather. But for me, having grown up a child of the 90s and 2000s, yeah. it's about the movie. Right? Yeah, With Bill yeah. Murray. And to... it's more about, you know, living the same story over every day. Andy McDowell's in that movie. Every day. Every day. But w- w- when did we decide that this little, you know, rodent's going to get to decide the weather? Well, it, it goes back, Michael, to oh, uh, the, the original indigenous Americans, the mm-hmm. Native mm-hmm. Americans. Uh, they believed, uh, going back in oh, times of uh, antiquity, mm. that the rodent now known as a groundhog, uh, would pop out uh, on about this time of year. It wasn't always February 2nd. You know, they didn't know February 2nd from February 3rd back then in antiquity. <laughs> uh, but they would they would wait for the, the young groundhog to appear out of the ground and look upon its shadow, and then the Native American, our, our brethren, yeah, would determine. That would, okay, so you're the, way off. Oh. Uh, so based on what I'm reading here, uh-huh. it was the Pennsylvania Dutch who were immigrants from oh, the, the German-speaking areas of Europe. Yes, it was the Dutch. And they had the tradition of marking it as Badger Day. Yes, because that's February the Badger coming up out of the ground there. Here's something that'll surprise you. They say come, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much is what they say. And in Germany, they say it comes out of a primarily Catholic festival, although the Lutherans participated in it as well. But the Lutherans are just, you know, what— they're Catholics light anyway. Well, they just they, write they, on walls well, they, and stuff, they, right? They founded the Protestant church. I mean, yeah. I suppose you could minimize them that way. It, well, I mean, they wrote on the, I'm pretty sure they wrote on the, the doors at the Catholic churches. You know, as soon as you said that, it, it, it sparked my memory. Uh, I was I was incorrect about the Native Americans, but very correct about the Dutch, Michael. They, uh, yeah. they, they were involved in a lot of stuff. You know, the <laughs> Dutch, you know, you go back to New York, yeah. uh, you know, which was New Amsterdam yeah. originally. Wonder why uh, they don't call anymore. Well, you got all the Dutch out there, and they were, and a lot Nobody's of them were, were with the fur, fur trappers. Yeah. And so these hedgehogs and groundhogs and whatever they're called, uh-huh. uh, you know, that was an important thing uh, back in the fur trade days. And uh, so that's uh, it makes all the sense in the world that the Dutch have brought the groundhog to our attention, and we thank them. You um, uh, a fan of the Groundhog Day movie? It was okay. I mean, yeah. you know. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, it was okay. Uh, uh, you told me that you're a fan of Annie McDowell. You're watching something with her in it right well, now? Well, she's in this thing now. It's called uh, something like The Way Home. And huh. It's a time travel series. Georgian's got me hooked on it. And uh, so, yeah, the next episode will be uh, Sunday night. I can't wait. So flying into St. Louis yesterday and uh, was coming from the east. So uh, saw the great plains. Perhaps of, from, the, from the southeast. Yeah, saw uh-huh. the great plains of Illinois as we're yeah. coming up there. And then we came up the Mississippi River. There you're coming up. And then we took that big turn out over Belleville and yeah. came right over downtown St. Louis. Which were. looks so awesome. The arch looked fabulous. I'd love to see it all lit up at nighttime right now. Yeah. And John, I was as gandering out the window. It appeared to me, it, it you know it came to me that wow, this is kind of reflective of what's happening in St. Louis. So we have the downtown area that yeah. we associate with St. Louis and the Arch. Right. Then you go out a little bit and you hit, see all those big buildings there at what Kings Highway, with the the hospital complex. Yeah. Then you go another mile or two boom. south. Boom. Now you're in Clayton. Clayton, you got the big buildings. The big buildings gonna, are going gonna up there. They're going to build another one, apparently, for the county government center. They're talking about building a new building for county government. Then you go a couple more miles west, and guess what? Boom. Boom. There you are. Westport Plaza. 
Yes. And that area is blowing up. Well, you right got now. worldwide technologies out there. You got yeah. Bob Laughlin, man. He's building a. It's a. It's everything. It's unbelievable. He said, you know, he's building a new 360. You know, like they yeah. have at the ballpark. Yeah. He's putting that out at um, out at Westport Plaza. But it, it, of course, St. Louis is the gateway to the West, and we have a representation of it happening right in front of us. And you know, not to mention the population that's growing out in St. Charles. We're just a society that continues to move further from the river and going west. Yeah, and we've been doing it since day one, uh, you know, back in the uh, 17th century when we opened this place up. Yeah. And uh, now, I will say this, you know, the, all of the, it's great to see development. It's great to see buildings going up, and it's great to have people like Bob O'Loughlin in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the inner city, the the core here, is you know we were downtown last night, mm-hmm. which I'm rarely downtown on a on an evening in and, the winter, especially right. Yeah. Maybe in the summer you'd be here for a ball game. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, other than the panhandlers out in the middle of the street, I mean, you didn't see anybody. There was yeah. nobody in the street, and, and I mean, right in the heart of the business district. And you know, even driving to the MAC. Now there was activity on Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avenue last night. Yeah, early on. I don't know what it was like later, but um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a little disheartening to look around in downtown St. Louis and there's just nothing. Yeah, happening. and it's a shame, right? Because there. I mean, we were in that Missouri Athletic Club. Uh, I forget every time until I'm in it. What a beautiful old place that is. I Gorgeous. mean, the ballrooms they have in there and etc. And there's there's countless buildings like that here in downtown St. Louis. So hopefully we can get some focused uh, thought process happening in our region because you can't be a suburb to nowhere, right? Like, I guess we could all live in St. Charles, but uh, I'm for it. <laughs> that's where you're at or in, in Chesterfield, but it, it, you need a thriving city to, to, to have the, the region grow. So Here's to hoping that we find a way to work that out. But in the meantime, I guess soon they'll be building buildings out in Wentzville, huh? Well, they are. Wentzville's exploding. Like going to build Louis the big buildings in Wentzville? I don't know if they're going to build skyscrapers, but, you know, the, the biggest skyscraper in St. Louis right now is vacant. It's the old uh, AT&T building. Is that right? It's vacant. Huh. And it's, got the, it's got more you know square foot than any other building, and there's nobody... In it. You know what buildings never made sense to me is the building in Brentwood across from the Galleria. Um, I think they call it the University Tower. Oh, yes. And it, uh-huh. well, it's a, probably a 30-story uh, high-rise, right. but it's it's separated from Clayton. I mean, a good distance from Clayton. Yeah, it's There's Richmond no Heights. other skyscrapers around it. Yeah. And there it is. It's just Popped up out of the middle of nowhere, and it just seems like a fish out of water, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the University Club was in that building for years and years. It was a private club, and uh, it went <clears throat> went under, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not sure what all's in there. I think there's some medical offices in there sure. and uh, different things. But, yeah, it is kind of a unique building. Just that it's sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Like, you go to cities like uh, Houston's the worst for this. Uh, Houston's the biggest place I've ever been. I mean, it's so spread out. Yeah, it is. But you'll have you'll have a skyscraper right next to a neighborhood, kind of like what we have there in in Brentwood, uh, Clayton area with the the University Tower. Like, there's no zoning, there's no planning. I mean, that's the nice thing about what we've done is our big buildings are essentially congregated in three or four different areas. Yeah. 
Except for that one building, it just seems so strange. I remember back on the campaign trail, yeah. uh, 92 or 91 of those years I was running. And, uh, Salem, Missouri. Ever been to Salem, Missouri? No, well, I don't think in, so. It's Probably in, passed through it. It's in Dent County there. Okay. Uh, I think it's Highway 68. But mm. um, anyway, I'm driving through Salem, Missouri, which is a rural community. And there is a, I don't know. 18-story building. What? Yeah. Just like right out in the middle of, and there's. Um, and what's it for? Well, I don't know. I, I remember, and it, it was old. I, I mean, when I was there in the 90s, it had looked like it had been built in the 60s, maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember talking to the folks there, and I, what is that thing? And they, somebody decided one day they're going to build a skyscraper in Salem, Missouri, and there it was. Wow. Could you imagine? Yeah. Salem, Missouri. I, so b- being serious for a second, where's Dent County? Uh, South West, South Central, okay. uh, South of Rolla. So it's closer to Rolla, et cetera, yeah. down there. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah, there you have it. Well, he is John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. Hey, John, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to visit with Scott McFarland. Lots happening on the budget deal uh, and the tax deal up in Washington, D.C., not to mention the border security deal, which seems to be dead because of Donald Trump, but it's tied to the Ukraine funding. We'll get the latest after this on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Gotta love a little Phil Collins on a Friday morning in St. Louis. John Hancock alongside Michael Kelly. And joining us right now on our guest line is CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarland. Scott, thanks so much for your time. It looks like. In the Senate, uh, they're getting closer, maybe, uh, to having an agreement on this uh, border-slash-Ukraine funding package, and we might have some some verbiage out as early as this weekend. Yeah, it could be by Sunday, according to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Let me just speak on behalf of the entire Congressional Press Corps. We love when they do major things on Saturdays and Sundays. That's the <laughs> best. We have had months to release this thing. Um, this is potentially a landmark piece of legislation. If you think about it, immigration, border security laws, they pass Congress once in a generation if they're lucky. It's such a thorny, tricky issue. They so seldom can come to agreement on changes. But they've also tied into this the tens of billions of dollars that have been requested by the Biden administration for Ukraine, for Israel, for Taiwan. Money the administration said was so emergent that they needed to have it by the end of December 2023. Could be on paper by this weekend for passage this month, but even if it does pass the U.S. Senate, which is far from a guarantee, um, the pathway is treacherous to get it through the U.S. House and into law. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a foregone conclusion that this thing is dead. So my question is, uh, Western Europe has just pumped in over $50 billion for support for Ukraine. Uh, That's just happening now. Uh, What happens with... U.S. support of Ukraine, assuming that this border deal fails either in the Senate or certainly in the House? There's going to have to be a plan B, right? I mean, the Republicans um, have been leaking support for money for Ukraine over recent weeks, not just in the House, but in the Senate. I brought this question to Senator Eric Schmidt and said, do your constituents support? Don't they support giving money to Ukraine to fight back Russia? And Senator Schmidt said, no. They don't. I think he may be speaking a bit broadly for everybody in Missouri. There's probably a great divergence of opinions there. But the fact that he's saying it outwardly is indicative of where Republicans are in the Senate. There are many who don't think 
tie immigration to it or not, they're going to spend money for Ukraine. And that's true even more so in the U.S. House. So that's a particularly intransigent problem. You can split up the Ukraine money, try to pass it separately, but you still have opposition. It was the Republicans' idea to tie border security to Ukraine money. Now it's the Republicans who seem to be vocalizing their opposition to doing either of those two things based on what they've heard about the compromise cut by Democrats and Republicans. I don't know how they get out of this. Well, is it the compromise, uh, Scott McFarlane, or is it the fact that the former president has decided this is what he wants to run on and he's put out the word to his folks, which one would be an Eric Schmidt, that this is the pathway we're going for. The border deal is dead. It sure doesn't help. I mean, there are such ardent Trump loyalists in the U.S. House who not only want to support Donald Trump and his campaign, but keep this in mind. We're getting real close to congressional primaries, too. It's not just Super Tuesday that you know Republicans will choose Donald Trump. Republicans are going to choose their candidates in lots of congressional races on March 5th. And the last thing a lot of Republicans want to do is leave themselves vulnerable to being outflanked to the right by a primary challenger. So at this moment on the calendar, and with Donald Trump's words that this bill should be dead, the bill's in real dire straits. Yeah, it's, it looks to me like it is. And um, I am going to be curious to see what it, the, it actually contains, though. And, and maybe that's a blueprint for something down the road. Who knows? But you're right, Scott McFarlane. We, we are. We've entered a political election season. And one of the things that folks are going to really have an eye on across the country is control of the U.S. Senate. And we're beginning to see some of these races shape up. I'm looking at the race in Pennsylvania in particular. Uh, Senator Casey, the Democrat, uh, Dave McCormick, a Republican hedge fund billionaire, is uh, looks like the candidate of choice for the GOP. Are we are we having are we seeing a lot of primaries where there are pro-Trump Republicans running against more establishment Republicans? And is Pennsylvania one of those? Certainly a possibility. Um, I, I wouldn't rule that out. And that's especially true in U.S. House races where there are multiple candidates pursuing parties nomination. And Donald Trump's endorsement is still a silver bullet, if not more so than ever, in Republican primaries. Um, the Senate map is tragically bad for Democrats. All of their toughest races seem to be on the calendar this November, not just Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Montana, Wisconsin. Arizona, where they have seats where Republicans tend to win, that's where Democrats are defending. And they've already kind of lost West Virginia. Joe Manchin's retiring. There's no other Democrat who can reasonably be expected to win West Virginia. So they can lose just one more Senate seat and then lose their majority. And that's only if Joe Biden wins re-election. If Joe Biden doesn't win re-election, Republicans pretty much have locked in the Senate majority. And here's the thing. and There's really no way of getting around this. It's hard to read some of these so-called swing states. In a pre-Trump era, Claire McCaskill could win Missouri. In a pre-Trump era, Joe Manchin could coast in West Virginia. In a Trump era, who knows the calculus of these states? Who knows where they're going to go when he's on the ballot, too? I think there's, there's a true possibility Democrats will lose a lot more than they expect this year. But at the same time, for those who want to be bullish for Democrats, the U.S. House could flip back to Democrats just as easily. The margins are incredibly narrow for the House majority. Some of the redrawn congressional maps, especially in New York, could be very bad news for Republicans. 
And is anybody out there thrilled with the work of House Republicans over the last year, ousting a speaker, struggling to elect a new one, having two near-government shutdowns, and at this point, having basic-level things collapse on the floor? Yeah, and to that, Speaker Mike Johnson, he met a lot of the same resistance when he went and worked on the other side of the aisle on the budget deals. Uh, and uh, there was this rumble that he may face the, the same fate that Matt Gates brought to uh, my, uh, Speaker McCarthy. Uh, is that continuing to rage, or is that seem, seem to have simmered down a bit? Oh, I, I think it's at risk of flaring up. Um, he's on his 100th day today as Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And what he's done, at least at least one major time, if not more, is cut deals with Democrats to do the basic blocking and tackling of the U.S. House, keep the government open, to ensure there's no large-scale crises. He's putting bills on the floor to get more Democratic votes than Republican votes. He's likely going to have to do that again in March to keep the government open. What if he does that on the border security Ukraine money? Whew, they'll be calling for his job. And that's the same thing that cost Kevin McCarthy his job. He kept the government open September 30th, 2023, by relying on more Democratic votes than Republicans. I would say Mike Johnson is especially vulnerable to this. I would also add, if the Republicans lose the House majority for the reasons I just mentioned, well, I wouldn't think Mike Johnson keeps his gig leading the party. That's Scott McFarlane. Always appreciate his insight. He's a congressional correspondent for CBS News. Scott, thanks so much for your time. Have a good weekend. I hope you don't have to read a bunch of legislation over the weekend, <laughs> you, but at least it's not the Super Bowl. You both, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you much. All right. When we come back, Michael, uh, I've got some issues with this cloud thing. It's all over the street. Well, the we're clouds gonna, have come uh, down. My, oh, the, the my, fog? My is that what cloud you're talking about? Is, I, got, I got cloud issues. Uh, maybe the folks can help. 436-7900. We'll be back after the news. Dive into all things Cardinals on Cardinals Conversations, your go-to location for exclusive content from KMOX. Catch it on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with your team. Cardinals Conversations, where the Redbird talk never stops. Well, for those of you keeping score at home, my good friend John Hancock last night got lost in a three-story parking garage. Took him 10 minutes to get out of there. Maybe 12. Maybe 12. And then this morning informs me I have an issue with my cloud. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. And you, you know, you're younger than I am, Michael. Yeah, let me, let me see if figure, I can. Yeah. Figure you know technical kind of stuff. You know, I got yeah. this phone over here. I thought you were talking about real cloud. My, well, it is a real cloud. Okay. So apparently... Your phone, all of the stuff in your phone mm -hmm. ends up in the cloud up there. The cloud. And so I'm, I mean, I, this happened, I don't know, eight, ten years ago. I remember that everybody's talking about the cloud. We all got the cloud going on. So Someday your whole life will be in the cloud. I got the clouds up here, yeah. which is great. That means you don't have to worry about all the you know disk space on your computer because mm -hmm. everything's up there in the cloud. Yep. Well, now my computer and now my cell phone are telling me that I'm, I'm, like, I'm out of cloud. Right. How can you possibly be okay. out of cloud? I, it's, it's a cloud. So you uh, are with idea, Apple, I would assume. Yeah, as am I. Yeah, the whole idea of the cloud, right, is so you don't have but, to store it on the on the. Yeah, hardware. but here's the issue that you're running into. All right. Okay, so you were buying megabytes and RAM and stuff on your computer, and oh, now right. what they've done is they've gone to the cloud. So your phone is backing up, your computer's backing up All to of the it's cloud. All cloud. Yes, and um, it's backing up more. Than space than you have rented in the cloud. You have to pay for the cloud. You got to pay for the cloud. You have to pay for it. 
So I bet that if, so I, I bet the computer's the asking you, sign up for your monthly subscription of like nine bucks, what? and then you'll get one terabyte worth of cloud. Uh, I gotta space. buy more cloud. Well, here's the problem more with cloud. that. I, more cloud. So I, I looked at the cloud. Okay. It's been telling me this for weeks now, and I'm starting to get nervous because now it's saying it may not back up my phone. I That's a lose, problem. You can lose your contacts. Uh, yes, which mm -hmm. is which you can't see if you. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm worried about this thing. So I went to go. Look into it. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to investigate. I'm curious. All right. So it says add more clouds or whatever it says, and I hit the button, and it says, please enter your Apple ID. You don't know it. I have no oh, idea John. what the Apple ID. I mean, it keeps changing. I mean, the kids get it. You know, everybody's on the cloud. And, and I have no idea what the Apple ID is. And so then you yeah. got to go through this rigmarole to change. And but this is an important thing because your, your life, with the exception yeah. of when we're here on KMOX, yeah. Is your for for making money? Is your computer and your cell phone? Uh huh. So I'm thinking that knowing your Apple ID is important, and having enough space in the cloud is as important as like a truck driver. I, I don't know having a truck. So maybe oh. you ought to invest a little bit of time, pull all those kids into one room, and yeah. say, "Listen, somebody's eating up all my cloud here." Uh, so the it may cloud not be needs me. to be left for dad. It may not be me exactly. using the cloud. It I want to know what my login to the cloud is. kids of mine yes. that are out there with their with their, with their their snappy chats and all of their ticky yes. talks and all of that stuff, totally. and they're eating up my cloud. Is yes. that what you're telling me? That is exactly what and, I'm telling you. Well, this cannot stand. Because I would imagine, John, you are the kind of guy who probably doesn't know many passwords based on, you know, your ability to get out of the garage. Uh, well, you probably don't know your Netflix password. No. You probably don't know your charter password uh, or your FUBU or whatever the heck you got. Yeah, that's an excellent You point. don't. You, I, I'm thinking you probably don't know any passwords. I know some. Yeah. I uh, just had to. I was just on with American Express the other day. I know mine there. Well, that's because you and, have to pay them. And, and they said, uh, they said, uh, I can help you with that. I was trying to get some help with Right, something. right, right. And they said, can, are you somewhere where you can get on? I said, yes. Uh -huh. And uh, nice guy, Ram was his name. Right. And uh, so it was a computer. No, it was Ram. It was, an it was a real guy. human. And he says, he yeah. says, uh, he says to me, John Hancock. He says that's a that's sort of a famous name in, in the United States. I said it is Ram. Yes. He said, oh, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I said, well, you are. Ram. Yeah. Well, little did he know. Yeah. So, but Ram says, can you get onto your account? I said, yeah, absolutely. So what? What's in it? it's American Express dot whatever. It is. Uh -huh. So I get on there and log in, it says. And uh, up up pops a username that I've never seen before in my life. And I said, Ram, I'm not sure who this person is here. It's, it's not me. Maybe let me try my username. Nothing. Right. So okay, I go back to, okay, Ram, if, just bear with me. Uh, so I go back to the original username that was on there. It looked like it could have been done by my wife. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I'm thinking, okay, password. What would the password be on that sucker? And oh, type John. In, I can't ram. I can't get in. And he says, well, then uh, he walks me through getting my new password, uh -huh. which was fascinating. Give me the middle numbers of your social security. Uh, you got, Tell I me mean, your blood ID. And what color eyes do you have? After about 15 mm -hmm. minutes, boom, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And you can't remember to do it. We have a process here at KMOX. Oh, that's Same the Same thing. No, it's a horrible. Where I've got to log in. It's horrible. And blah, 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 and put in my password and go to this thing. Technology is supposed to be making our lives easier, but in fact, it is complicating. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I've turned into my parents 
and then I'm just throwing my hands up. I remember when my mom and dad would deal with the, particularly my dad would deal with the uh, VCR when we were a kid. Yeah. He'd say, that's it. I'm just putting a piece of tape over it. Nick and blink 12 all, all the time. I don't care anymore. I'm done with it. And that's how I feel about all this technology. I'm just kind of like, maybe I'm getting off the technology train. I'm going to stop here at the iPhone 15. Well, And any more advancements, I'm just going to ignore them. Well, you can't ignore the cloud, Michael. And that's where we started this conversation. And I, what I've learned here... Uh, just to recap, cloud's for, expensive. For, you got uh, it costs a lot of money to buy that cloud up there. Yeah, it's not cheap. And uh, monthly fee, which by the way, everybody's charging you a monthly fee, right? For everything. Yeah. So you got monthly fees to go oh, to the gym, monthly yes. fees oh, to uh, watch to your television, monthly fees to this, that, and the other. Did you know that there are some automobiles now that if you want to have um, your heated seats warm, yeah, you have to pay for a subscription what for you the pay seat? a subscription and then they'll turn on oh, the technology on. i am not lying to you they are selling automobiles now that have technology built in them it's but you need to come back later and pay a monthly fee to be able to get it now the butt warmer is already in the car it's there yes. but to get it to activate i got to give you another $20 on top of it the $50,000 i already whatever to warm it is your butt a month but whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to sit there with cold buns. I have, mean, that's ridiculous. Have you not heard about this? No, I haven't oh, heard about it. Oh, they're starting to do this with cars. Well, they, I don't where buy you got to do subscriptions. I've, I've had it, and I do like the butt warmer. John, if I drove like you, I wouldn't buy a new car either. Yeah. I'd probably buy a dump truck. Uh, yeah. You yeah. need something that's solid, that can take a beating, and yeah. nobody's going to know when you, you know, scraped the side of it off. Yeah, that's probably an excellent point. But I'll tell you that butt warmer, uh, mm -hmm. I appreciate this. What thing. does he, does your insurance company know you're a bad driver? They think I'm a good driver. They do because you yeah. don't turn anything in. Yeah, no. And, uh, <laughs> no, they. I got the good driver discount. Yeah. So don't don't yeah. tell. Well, he's Bill Hancock over there. <laughs> if you're well, now they got this stupid thing. They want you to uh, like let them follow you along in the car to see if you're driving safe. You seen this thing? Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. You know, they said to my do not do my, that. My, John. my agent calls. He says, uh, John, not. I got great. I got a great opportunity uh -uh. for you. I said, What is it there, Joe? And he says. We got this app. Yeah. I said, oh, I got it, except I don't have any room in the cloud. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he said, if but, you know my Apple ID, I'll be able yeah. to install it. He said, we got this <laughs> app, and he, he said, you, you, it follows you along, and if you're driving, you know, safe driving and all that, you get more discount on your car insurance. I said, no, thank you. Yeah, you, you should not sign up for any yeah. app that monitors. Although, I would kind of, like, if I was the person who monitored your app to yeah. decide if you were a good driver... Yeah. Like last night, I'd have felt sorry for you. I'd like, look at this guy. He's in this parking garage just driving around Didn't circles. hit anything, though. Well, there you go. Yeah, didn't hit anything. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a little adventure. I was getting a little nervous, so. All right, we need to step aside. When we come back, speaking of technology, Michael and my wife have something in common. Wait till you hear this one. That's next on KMOX. Mike Miller hosts the Garden Hotline, Saturday mornings at 8 on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. So there I am, prancing into the um, friendliest store in town. Prancing you are. I was prancing. Hmm. I pranced into the friendliest store in town. I grabbed my buggy. You know, like, you know what I mean? A, a little uh, the shopping uh, cart. Yeah, a little shopping yeah. cart. So I'm a single guy, so I don't have much to fill. But I was going to get some, uh, you know, sparkling waters and stuff, things I couldn't carry in the, um, you know, regular um, basket. Yeah, you know what I love are those little uh, carrying boxes they have where you put six club sodas in, in the box. Oh, yeah, like, you like you're, yeah, the, so you like you're getting a wine or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So there I am. I got my buggy. I'm I'm moving around. I'm I'm moving throughout right. the schnooks there. I uh-huh. grab my stuff. Uh-huh. I go to the uh, checkout lane. I wait my turn for the lady to check me out. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, she checks whoop. you out, does she? Paid. Put my rewards number in. Yeah. I'm walking out the front door. Uh-huh. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Lights are going off. Sirens are going off. You have you've my buggy, uh, which I didn't realize. My buggy quit moving. So there's like an uh, there's an electronic, um, I don't know, like device on the the actual wheels of the 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 cart. Yeah, and it it immobilized the cart. You couldn't roll the cart. Now mine's you. got a boot on it. Right, it, essentially a boot. Right, yeah. an electronic boot. So I'm at the friendliest store in town. Yeah. With that, the one of the customer, you know, the employees comes over and she's like, "Oh yeah, no worries. Let me fix this for you." And she goes and gets a device. In the meantime, now I'm stopped right in the middle of you know the the sliding doors. Oh. And here comes one of the my fellow shoppers uh, who wasn't quite so friendly at the friendliest store, and she she. What are you doing? You're like a cow blocking the door, and I'm. She like, called you a cow. Yeah, and I'm looking at the her. The woman uh, called you. you your right. your orange boot has gone off. Right. Immobilizing They're, your shopping cart, and to add insult to that injury, some random stranger and calls you a cow. Right, and I was mad because there I am. I'm in the middle of the way. One, one might say he had mad cow disease. I was a mad cow. <laughs> yes. Because now I'm like waiting for the lady to come with the device that's going to allow my buggy to move again. So they thought you were stealing No, from they them. didn't think. The computer or the buggy may have thought I was stealing, but they clearly know I, I wasn't stealing. I, I, I didn't steal. And so with that, uh, you know, this lady finally gets around me. But I got to tell you, man, she aggravated me. It like it made me mad because here I am being a good dude. I'm stopping, trying to be helpful to well, the, the employees. Well, you didn't have much choice. You yeah. had your groceries in and there. It's and it's an immobilized buggy. And so she was, and let me tell you, I grabbed my bags after that, and I went out to the car, and I let that lady know, you're not a nice person. I think you that, ought to Is that, that what you said to her? I said, you know, you're not a nice person. Uh, let me here tell I you was. So, I, I don't know much, so, but I guarantee you yeah. that is not what Michael Kelly said to the lady that called him a cow. No. I said, ma'am, you're not a nice person. And so, uh, but I'm in good company because apparently Georgianne has experienced the buggy so issue. I didn't yeah. know that such a thing existed. Mm-hmm. And so she came this a couple of days ago. Right. And she said, yeah, my, my cart stopped rolling. Uh-huh. And I said, what? And she, she got out the door and her cart locked up. And it's uh-huh. the same kind of thing. And I... It, I you know, and I guarantee you, my wife wasn't stealing. Oh, I did right, and so you know, apparently, but I, I just find it fascinating. I've seen those little orange things on the wheel. Didn't know what it was. Didn't worry, you know, right. think much about it. Uh, and they're fairly new, I think. Right. I don't think they've been there know. for a long time. Yeah. I've um, never experienced it until I. I just told you this story, yeah. and you said George Ann had just the same happened thing the other happened. day. So I, I, it has to be, and I would think it makes sense. There's probably a ton. Of shoplifting that takes place in groceries, especially in this inflationary period we're living in here. People walking in and walking out. And I'll tell you the other thing that I don't get. Okay. How people are, the self-checkout, which is a convenience for people. Yeah. uh, I would think that the incentive to try and steal out of that would be high. Well, I so I I purposely try not to use the self-checkout because it... They're not discounting the prices for you, you right. know, because they, normally they pay somebody to sit there and professionally do it. Beep, beep, but beep. there is a time or two where, you you know, you, hey, I just got to grab a gallon of milk right. or I'm getting this. And you go and you, beep, you know, and do it. And it's convenient. 
But I'm petrified of the self-checkout. Like, say you were going to go get a couple of things and you needed to get some parsley. Well, you get some parsley. How do you ring parsley up? Well, you got to go to the little yeah, You got to go there. to, well now, well, now now I'm having to, you know, do research like it's the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to, you know, hopefully not pick uh, mint or or uh, sage uh, when I ring it in. But but I'm supposed they to ring in parsley. They're to price all that stuff by the pound. What, no matter what. A pound of parsley? Well, I'm going to say a pound. I told a cop here's, once here's, that was parsley in my car. And he a, was asking me, if, well, you got that. Now, here's an idea. Yeah. All these different vegetables and stuff we got yeah. out there. You know, you got yeah, potatoes over, over here. You got onions over there. Well, what if we just priced them by the weight? Mm. It doesn't matter whether you got a potato or a cucumber or a zucchini or whatever. That's whatever it weighs. Yeah. You pay X amount. Yeah, but the per- problem is, is not many people would buy the watermelon because the watermelon is so heavy. Well, but if the if the if the Price per you know gram or oh. whatever or lower. Oh, amount. so you know that so what you're suggesting is there would be a code on the watermelon that would say you this is watermelon. You wouldn't need to have a code mm-hmm. if if you if all of it were priced at every hey. it's just a vegetable. Here's hey. a vegetable, boom! It's it's twelve cents a pound. All right, or whatever. I, I was in Here's there. Here's another vegetable, boom! Here's a fruit, boom! And think of the ease yeah. that that would create. Well, I may have this. stumbled onto an idea here, you, but you, not I really. Because I was in a, the grocery industry as we I speak. was in an airport the other day. Yeah, and um, what I had to do, you walk to I'm go excited about this to go into the airport yeah. to this particular shop. Uh-huh. You had to put your credit card in to let you in oh. because there was no one working there. And then whatever you grabbed, it automatically knew that you grabbed it and you walked out and it billed your credit card. You don't say. At, at a grocery store in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta, what are they, Jackson, Hartfield, whatever. I obviously don't get around near it like you do. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, I would have never. So you essentially. You pay. I you said go to the gal that made me do place. it. What happens if I don't buy anything? She goes, you won't get charged. I said, okay. So if I go in there and I get a bottle of water and some Swedish fish and walk out, she says, that's all you got to do. It'll just automatically charge it to your card. That can't be right. Seems a little strange. Well, it? I'm telling you, there's a, they could be up to no good there when you, yeah. you know. But I, I think this. Getting back to my brilliant idea. Well, I, I think they're already doing it. Is what I'm trying. No, to No, I'm saying huh. not different for a cucumber versus a zucchini. No, no, any fruit, any vegetable you get, it's the same price per pound. All of it. Yeah. You don't. No more do you have to go hunting and pecking to find the leaks. Yeah. Because the leeks are the same price per pound as the potatoes are. I this is brilliant. I whenever I see a recipe that tells me I need leeks, I just ignore it because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put some onion in there. I don't even know what leeks are. Oh, leeks are better than onions. They're onions. Well, they're leeks. But exactly, they but taste they, like an onion. They taste better. So can't than you an just onion. use an onion? Times depending on the recipe. Hey. Yes. We got to get out of here. Oh well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go meet with Snooks. I've got this idea, Michael. <laughs> I, I, this is. This might be the greatest idea. This could. This could be my retirement fund. I'm excited, but I can't do that yet because Chris and Amy are coming up, and we're gonna be with them. Michael Kelly, John Hancock, James O'Sullivan, and of course Frank Glad. All of us thank you for listening to KMOX.